0: I've had quite a few guests on the show who are natural-born entrepreneurs. Those guys who built an empire selling candy on the playground or grew up being taught by parents who were successful business owners themselves. Well, for the first half of his career, today's guest went a pretty traditional route. He graduated from college, he worked in his industry, and was very good at it. In his 40s, he decided to change gears So he started his business. I think there are a lot of people out there who are maybe in this situation. Those who have been working the same job or in the same industry for 10 or 20 years. And the thought of doing, continuing to do that same thing for another 20 years makes your head spin or doesn't get you excited. But at the same time, you feel a little trapped because you're good at it. You've been doing it a long time. You're making good money. Um, whatever the case, you feel secure and you feel safe and you feel comfortable. Maybe it's time to consider your alternatives. Well, wherever you may be, today's podcast is a great story and there is so much to learn from it. Welcome to the Socks and Soul podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Ditto. Let's go. My guest today is the president and founder of Love In Home Senior Care, uh, and has a decorated um, past in healthcare and healthcare sales and pharmaceutical sales. And he's done great things in his career. I'm glad to welcome in my studio today, Andy Niska.
1: Well, thank you, Kelly. It's good to be here. You're uh, you're kind of one of my heroes. I don't know if you know that. I do not know that. Um, I'm nobody. I'm only my child's hero, but I'll take <laughs> I'll take you. I, you know, you, you have, you, you got a,
0: you graduated from Eastern University, Eastern Washington University here, uh, in, uh, in Eastern Washington, um, and then went straight into, uh, the healthcare field into management. And then you did pharmaceutical and medical sales for a long time. Mm-hmm. A lot of training, um, presidents clubs, growing territories. Um, and then you started a company exactly it 's wild and it's it I, I love I love these kinds of stories I find them really inspiring and from the first time I met you probably i don 't know five six years ago i 've always been really impressed by what you have built here uh, pretty much out of scratch so I thought i'd ask you right out of the gate what is your what is your business philosophy what is the Andy niska you know kind of thesis on business and business success
1: well let me um I want to answer that question, but can I talk a little bit about please do. my history? Yeah, because I, it kind of does play into the philosophy. Sure. Um, and so, I feel like when you look at entrepreneurs, there's often this uh, type that they knew they wanted to have a business early on, and they did things. They were such a good, you know paper out boy. And they just had, they were selling candy on <laughs> at recess yeah, and, all you that know. Stuff. and that's not my story. I'm really kind of plain Jane, vanilla wrapped home baked bread. I went out and got a degree. Um, and I figured that that was going to be the best way. I, my parents wanted me to do it. it. Just seemed like it was the right thing to do. I got my degree and it took me right into my career, which was great. The, the education, played into the healthcare industry. And your then your degree
0: I, is in healthcare administration, Healthcare correct? administration.
1: So at what point were you, I mean, how did you get there? Well, um, I went to college with the uh, big eyes that wouldn't it be neat to be a professional of some sort, like a physician, like a dentist. And so I went into the pre-med world. I was at Brigham Young University. That's where, where I started. Um, That's my alma mater a good school. It's a great school. I have, I have children there right now. (laughs) Um, and, uh, I, I, uh, I found out real quickly in my chemistry classes that I just wasn't measuring up as well as I thought I needed to. And, um, and I, and I just lost that, that vision and hope when I was toiled with the education process did you not enjoy it or were you not good at it or wasn't very good at it and yeah. I just kind of thought like wow this is I'm just getting started with this and it's gonna be a long haul and <laughs> like I got like eight more years <laughs> yeah. of this I don't and, know <laughs> and it just didn't yeah it just didn't seem like it was gonna work out so I actually thought well maybe physical therapy is what I need to do and I went and volunteered at a PT clinic there in in uh, Provo Canyon well just the, at the mouth of the canyon there was a PT clinic that I worked at for um for a, I did a lot of hours, like they wanted a thousand hours to get into the program and i I had like five hundred five hundred hours there and then I got hours here at, here in Spokane when I was home at Rockwood Clinic. and then I realized, you know what, I don't really care much for PT. Um, there's a lot of rinse and repeat and do the same thing and and it just didn't really you know, there's always this kind of glory of PT that would be sports medicine and you're gonna help some athlete becomes Uber. <laughs> You're Strong. down on the sidelines, the <laughs> yeah. 49ers
0: games, working on guys. and Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but really it's just 10 hours a day of helping people stretch their Achilles. <laughs> right. Yep. It's,
1: yeah. So I, I kind of lost that vision and, and I went to a, um, one of the counselors at the school and I said, look at, I've got a couple years now and I'm not sure where I'm going to go with this. Cause I don't think I'm going the way I wanted to go. And. An inspired counselor said, well, have you thought about healthcare administration? And I'm like, I don't even know what, you're, what you just said. I don't know <laughs> I what you're talking those about. <laughs>
0: words, but I don't know what they mean in succession. <laughs> yeah,
1: he said, well, you like healthcare because I had, had, I had loved my anatomy and physiology. Had a fantastic professor at BYU. Loved it and did, and, and did well in those classes. But as I got a little deeper, mainly in the chemistry and physics, it just wasn't, wasn't working very well for me. Sure. And, um, and so he said, well, what do you think about business in the healthcare industry? Since you've kind of walked down this path a little ways and you do have some, you know, enjoyment out of it, then what about the business side of it? So I said, well, tell me more. And then that's when I transitioned into the, the school of business and, and finished a healthcare administration degree at Eastern. I would, I would just like to put a plug
0: to every kid out there on his way to college because this is exactly how I got my degree. I went to a counselor and I said, this is what I like And, uh, and he, and he nailed it right out of the gate. And so, you know, kudos, kudos to the counselors, the career counselors, you know, at universities and colleges, kids go talk to them because they will, they will help you understand what you enjoy and what you should stay away from.
1: Um, but thank goodness for internships, huh? Exactly. Well, and that's, (laughs) you know, uh, my, uh, in my senior year at Eastern, I I'm in the healthcare administration degree. I'm, uh, I'm serving as the president of the American college of healthcare executives, chapter at Eastern Washington University. Nice. And so I'm getting a little access into the, into the hospital administration world of Spokane. And, and that's been good. Um, so at that
0: point you were thinking I'm going to go be the president of a hospital or something like that. Sure. That kind of, yeah, that's kind of like what you had in your mind.
1: Yeah. That's the golden kind of ring of healthcare administration is you'll be the CEO of some big hospital. Yeah, sure. Um, and there's kind of different routes you can go with that. Well, I did an internship at Group Health, Group Health uh, Cooperative, and um, which is an HMO in the, in the Washington area. It's mm-hmm. been bought out by Kaiser today, so mm-hmm. it doesn't exist anymore. But um, that led to a job um, even before I graduated. They had hired me on, and so I've been healthcare ever since. And I managed clinics for a while, and got actually um, I could see the top end of my progression, my ladder. Within group health in the uh, clinic management world, and I just didn't like—I didn't like what the outcomes looked like, what the pay was going to be, and um, even the job responsibilities. They were. Kinda, it, was it too monotonous? Or yeah, yeah. Like I was excited the first week of the month because I had reports and different things to do, but then I had a couple months or a couple weeks of of just toiling, you know, showing up nine to five or eight, eight to five. So how
0: many, how many years into doing this, did you start coming to this realization?
1: Oh, it was about three years in. Okay. Yeah. About three years in. And, and so, uh, I was assistant manager of a clinic and I actually saw the drug reps coming in and I thought, look at these guys, they're all dressed nice and they bring in food and they talk with the physicians and the nurses. And, um, and I just thought, I wonder what, you know, what is that career like? And so, uh, I, I had access to them. They'd come into my office and I started talking with them and thought, you know, this does look like something I might want to do. Funny thing is I told my wife, I'm like, I'm thinking about being a pharmaceutical rep and uh, she doesn't have the best opinion of me. <laughs> so she's like, you can't sell. What are you thinking? <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you, you won't, you won't make it in that career. Not in a bad way, but she's just like, are you sure this is what you want to do? You want to like, go into sales? You want to go into sales? That you spend like, all this time yep. doing this and now you want to go into pharmaceutical sales? Exactly. And so she, she was like, I really don't know about this. And well, it it took a long time. Like I interviewed for six months before I not interviewed, but I, I pursued it and had a few interviews and it took a couple before finally I, I sprung the job and that was in the late nineties, it was in like ninety-seven. Okay. Nineteen ninety seven. So
0: did your wife eventually, I mean, was she eventually like, okay, this makes sense, or or were you like once you saw the paychecks and, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and she was, Yeah, no, she was she was supportive, but she just thought, is this really, you know, yeah. this doesn't seem like you. You're not really the salesman yeah. type. Yeah. And pharma sales is not like selling a car or right. a used car lot. Yeah. I mean, it, it's totally different. It's it's presenting. Information, clinical information for a physician to make a decision on. Yep, and that's you know it's building relationships. That's and core it's a everything.
0: service business. Yeah, I mean sales is all about service, it's all about providing the right information to the right people. You know, and then being a resource to them. Yeah, you know,
1: providing solutions yep. to, to their needs. Absolutely, uh, got to uncover their needs and then you create the solutions that, that you offer. And then you did this for a long time. I did. And yeah, we're I had good sixteen at it. years. Had, had a lot, a long career. And I saw, you know, and I enjoyed it. And I actually knew that I could predict my date of retirement and the amount of money I'd have, and everything was just kind of in a a nice, um, well packaged career. You could just see, you know, and if I wanted to make more money, I could consider the the steps of of management and things like that. But I didn't really want to because of the um, the travel.
0: It, the, uh, you know, there's great freedom in your schedule and in you kind of control what you make and there's great perks, you know, if you're good at yeah. it at the high level. Yep. And and these things are very, very attractive, you know, in these, in these, you know, kind of high end sales fields and, and being good at it, you know,
1: it was, and it, I, I, I do not knock the career and I feel like I drank the Kool-Aid at times, you know, of the career. Um, which I you, you do no matter where you work for, but you know the Kool Aid was that, you know, the the cost of these drugs is merited because of these reasons, and you know, and I would try to tell my elderly friends that you know co- drugs cost a lot, and this is the reason why. Um, I have a different you know, not I don't drink the Kool Aid as much as I did. Yeah. yeah. Know, at this point, but um, but I I. So here's where I get to my philosophy. This is where my history kind of leads to that. And this this is
0: the part of your story that I'm really the most interested in is how did you go from that, making really good money, making your own schedule, having that kind of freedom to what you're doing now?
1: (laughs) Well, so there is a thing called midlife crisis that we all can (laughs) face, right? And that's where my story comes in, in the entrepreneurial side of things. And I think there are a lot of people out there like this. There are those individuals that were born, um, with that entrepreneurial spirit and they know it and they know, um, that they don't want to waste time in their life, getting the things they want, either the dreams or building a business or, or possessions that they want. Oh, um, I,
0: I interviewed Jeremy McGee who owns zero res and on his second day of college, he called his dad who was a doctor and said, I don't want to go to college. I mean, he's the kind of kid. He is your quintessential, I was born to be an entrepreneur
1: kind of kid. But most people are not wired that way, you know? No. I, 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 and that's what I'm going to say. I think my story may appeal to some people that are in their forties. Yeah. Like I was late forties for me. And is just going, is this, is this what my life is going to amount to? Because you, you can kind of like feel it now Yeah, you're that late in your career and it's a good, it's been a good career. It's not to knock what you're doing. And I'll say, I've even talked with, phys- I had a physician call me a couple of years ago who he, he worked in a career. I mean, he's a, I have to be careful how much I share cause I don't want, you know, confidentiality to come out, but yeah. you know, he worked in this career that, that uh, here in Spokane, that, um, we all know that multi-care came in and bought Rockwood and became this, you know, uh, this big player in, in provider groups. And, and he's in this huge provider group now. And he was saying to me, he goes, Andy, you know, I spent my whole education to get to this point. And I've been doing this for a number of years. And now I feel like I have no control over my future and even simple things like my, my vacation. He says, I have to put in requests for vacation. And it kills me. So my son's returning from a mission in Peru and I want to fly down there and and spend time with him. And I'm not sure if I'm going to have time off because I'm in this big provider group and it's just not what I envisioned as a physician. Here I am. Here I am at the top of my career and I got to put
0: six months to a year in advance if I want to take a weekend and go skiing with my family or whatever.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And so he really, so he came to me, he goes, Andy, um, I watched what you've done and I, I, I'm i wondering if I don't want to be a physician anymore. I mean, maybe I want to open up a home care agency. So we had breakfast and we talked all about that industry and that was his plight. So my plight that I faced in my late 40s was, is this what I want to do the rest of my life? And is it secure enough in, 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 in just things of like happiness and fulfillment and purpose, um, irregardless of the pay and the benefits and all that? And so that was kind of my plight towards entrepreneurism.
0: So well, so that's always <clears throat> that that's the question that I that I feel from a lot of people, right? I talked to a friend recently who is kind of right in your position. He's he's one of the best in his field or very good at it. And and he has this option of going and working for another company and continuing to do the same thing that he's been doing, or going off and kind of starting his own business and, and, and going that route and, you know, and, and, and the things that hold you up are, I have created this lifestyle. I, I I'm accustomed to making this much money. I have this house and these things, and my kids are getting older and I'm, and, you know, do I, do, do I want to take the risk of leaving all of that security, if you will, and, and going out on my own? And that that's, that, I mean, exactly. how do you, how do you decide to do that? and, 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 and what was your wife thinking and, and how did you get over those hurdles and how did you not, how
1: did you sleep during these, you know, <laughs> during that time? Well, what I'll say that, um, my case is, and I actually will say that this, I've heard this from others too, um, cause I do some consulting. I, um, I have this whole legacy of friends in the farmer world that are in the same boat that I was at some point, they possibly can be in that position and, so I'll get a call from from a friend in California that says, "Hey, how's this working out for you? And now you left. How'd you get out? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so all of a sudden, you know, he's like, "I want to do what you're doing because your career, my career, our career is good for running a healthcare type business, uh, especially when it comes to marketing, which is the failure of a lot of new businesses. Is how do you go out and get the new client? Yep." And if that was our old career, it's, it works well for getting a business going. You can figure out the management and all that stuff. If you're bad at it, you can hire people to be good at it. Yeah. But, um, to get people interested in your business and what your service is, um, takes a level of sales and, and marketing skills. and, And that's what you've been doing your whole life. So, so, um, there are people out there you've run into them. You just mentioned, and and I run into them. And I consult those individuals, often coming from pharma, that want to do something different. And uh, I'll help them learn how to open up a home care agency. They don't need to go to franchise to do it.
0: Yeah.
1: And I don't want to be their franchise. I don't want to be their mentor for years and years when they only need often a year or two. Yeah. Of good mentoring to uh, pull it off. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So, um, so how did you? How did I mean? You, you obviously you stayed in healthcare, which makes a ton of sense because that's what your education, that's what you know your mm-hmm. your experience was so far in your career. But why why senior care, why in home care? You know what what spawned that idea, and and how were you able to put together the pieces to kind of move forward
1: with that? Well, so my case was um, first. I'll just say there was a realization that I wanted something more <clears throat> fulfilling out of my career. So um, so so sorry. I'm I'm super interested in this part. So,
0: I mean, the thesis of the the, what it came down to was you wanted something more purposeful to do for the rest of your career. You were looking down and saying to yourself, "What? I've got 20 more years to work. I don't want to be doing this anymore. I want something that means more, or I want
1: something that is more fulfilling. That seems like there's more to what I'm offering, really, to my community. Yeah. Okay. Than than what I had been doing. Yeah. And I will say security. and this is um, probably not unique to the pharma industry, but I watched in the pharma industry every fourth quarter there was right-sizing, there was downsizing, there was these situations where you, it didn't matter how you performed or what your legacy was, there was a chance that there was going to be changes in the yeah. business. And so I, you know, I felt like that wasn't very secure. Yeah. And, and even today I – got a, t- a text yesterday from a good friend, um, who's been in the farm industry. I encouraged him to get into it when he was young, when he was, uh, a young adult and he did, and he's had a, a successful career. Well, he had, he found out yesterday that he's keeping his job, but they still laid off, you know, 8% of the sales force. Yeah, He just had to wait. He knew about it for months and he found out yesterday that he still has a job now he wants to leave it (laughs) um it it really changes your tone about job security you know
0: when when you're wondering if you're going to have a job on january 1st or december 1st or whatever the date is how much how much did money play into it income
1: well i'll say that um i felt like i wanted to make more money than i did as a farmer rep you know for sure you know there, there there's a there's a cap to that at, at some point. Sometimes yeah. your bonuses are capped. Mm-hmm. You know, Your salary is what it is. Um, and so uh, so you know, I felt like there could be more that I could, could earn depending on the situation. And so that's a part of the equation. Yeah. Um, security was a big part of it at this time. And, and let me – I can give you this history. You probably don't know this, Kelly. I, I don't know if I told you this, but I was working for a company – I'd been there for nine years and it was a little company and it was um it was one of these biotech firms mm-hmm. and it uh it did very well for its size, very profitable, um just had a few treatments that we we had in some unique kind of uh disease states. And um <clears throat> our CEO had always been fighting off the mergers and the acquisitions and the hostile type bids. His business pe- was primed to be taken over yep. by by somebody. Pfizer, by anybody okay. big, yeah. you know. <clears throat> uh, and so <clears throat> he was really good because he just, you know, he told the board we won't sell for anything under this type of a share. And, um, and if the right offer came in, you know, obviously he would have, sure. but never never did that happen. Well, he got cancer and in less than a year of him passing away, a hostile takeover happened with the company that I was with and a big, big, huge company based out of Israel that, um, is big in generics as well as branded drugs. <clears throat> um, not very big in branded huge in generics. They wanted to get bigger and branded. We were a branded, you know, focused company. And so, um, they came in and did a hostile takeover and I lost my job here in Spokane. They're like, we don't need anybody in Spokane. Um, But it was really a sweet deal. I had a full year's severance. Okay. Free benefits, meaning I did not pay any premiums for my health care for that year. Okay. You know, and the package included a a discounted, the company car I had, I'd had it for a year. They said that you can buy it for really cheap. Yeah. Because they, and it was our company that I worked for trying to say, if this hostile bid comes in and buys this company, we're going to fight tooth and nail for anybody that's going to lose their job. And they basically were going to just take half of our company and, and, and throw it away. They didn't need it. Right. There's a lot of duplication. They just were going to get rid of. They just <clears> wanted the brand. They drop the basically. Products, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so um, they didn't need money in Spokane. And so I had a job within three weeks at a different place. Sure. But I had that severance. Yeah. And then I worked that job. The fall, The second job. Um, I worked that for a year and a half, and I was really dissatisfied with that job. But I also had the benefit of, you know two paychecks coming in that year yeah so my willingness to now start to think about do i really want to continue this was you know was easier yeah based upon my situation you had a little security blanket i did just kind of rolled out i did but it still took me um a year and a half before i said am i really going to do this and so i actually studied um looking at do if I'm going to, I'm not going to leave to go to another pharma job. I'm not going to leave to go to another medical sales career type job. So this was your third pharmaceutical company or sales job that
0: you'd work for.
1: Yep. Okay. Yep. So in the, yeah, my first was with Zeneca became, it merged with another company Mm -hmm. and it became AstraZeneca. And at the time it was the largest pharma company, uh, in the early two thousands. Um, and then I went to the smaller company, the biotech firm called yeah. Cephalon, and then it was overtaken by Teva, which is a Israeli uh, pharma company. Nonetheless, I—that's good. 16 years of of, of sales there, um, and then I went to a lab company at the end. Okay, that that year and a half, which was quite a bit different. Kind of wild, wild west of sales. <laughs> um, so it, it had some fun aspects to it, but. But anyway, I, I just knew that it's time. It was time for me to really pursue this this option. So the question that I haven't answered that you asked regarding um, how did I find health care or how did I find senior care? Yeah. How did you um,
0: hone in on that specifically?
1: Well, so I had a friend that was in the pharma industry that left. He was in Tacoma and I was traveling to Seattle, Tacoma area. And um, luckily he was opening a home care agency. So I got to... go and spend some time with him. And, um, I would schedule trips over to Seattle and call on the docs that I had over there and then spend a half day with him. And he would show me his, how he would, his sales calls on the, on the social workers, on the hospitals and the, and the skilled nursing facilities. And I'm like, wow, this is really easy compared to what I'm doing now. (laughs) These people love you, you know, and compared to trying to call on a physician. And, um, and so you know, I thought, well, I, yeah, I could do this. this so is that's where good. the
0: referrals come from in your business. Yeah. It's from the nurses and the, the, I guess, the people taking care of
1: the, you know. So typically, it's, it's, it's um, one term we use is discharge planners. Okay. Or social workers. Yeah, sure. So there are individuals that go into a skilled care setting, hospital, nursing home, or uh, a rehab facility like St. Luke's. Sure, yeah. And then they need to discharge out at some point uh, because they plateaued in the recovery. It's just really time for them to go home. Yep. Insurance stops paying for that service that they were receiving. And, um, and then the question is what is their capacity to live independently at home? And, and we're speaking of the elderly primarily. And so, um, so that's how, if we build relationships with these individuals that are helping them discharge out, uh, then they can discharge out into our care. So yeah, sure. makes total sense. Um, so anyhow, uh, I I got that insight into the industry through a friend um, who actually served as the vice president of the American College of Healthcare Executives with me, the ah, chapter okay. at, at at Eastern that we had formed, um, and uh, and we had some parallel careers. He went to work for Pfizer eventually um, after doing uh, some clinical management stuff, and um, and then he, lost, he and Then he he lost his job, but he said, he you know, he had a severance, but he said it, at that time, he's not going to go back into pharma. Um, and he sat down with a, uh, a business broker and the business broker was like, well, do you want to open a yogurt stand? Or do you want to do this? So, you know, <laughs> there's different things like that. Um, which I did some similar stuff myself and, uh, and, and you that opened them or you talked about opening. We talked, I talked with the business broker, talked <laughs> with different people. Okay. Um, and, uh, and anyway, through that process, he remembered that there was some friends he had down in California that were also in the farm industry that went into um, home care a couple years earlier, and they were forming a franchise, and he became their first franchisee. Okay, and um, and so so anyhow, I had a, a little bit of a shoe in by uh, connecting with this fellow. Yeah, and
0: and kind of a mentor, you know, to help you get the balls kind of figured out and rolling.
1: Right. Had a little bit of, of a feel for it. Yeah. It wasn't just totally in the dark right. on, on the industry. Then I, d- I did a, a, a long research of, of the aging population, the baby boomers. So I learned about the baby boomers, this thing called the silver tsunami, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and just the trends. And it's the fastest growing segment of our population even still is today. Oh, yeah. And it will be for a number of years. Sure. And uh, any industry that was going to affect that population was going to have a market of people that need services and goods and have a, most of them have some discretionary income. Sure. And so it made sense. And, um, from a evaluation of the market and, and, uh, so, so anyhow, all those things kind of kept giving me reinforcement that maybe this could work. Maybe this is something I could do. And, uh, you asked a question about my wife. And so there was a point where, <laughs> where my wife had to be on board, right? Oh, Cause I was sure. going to walk away from a paycheck That's right. and open a business. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and so we, um, we, we did this together. We did a lot of soul searching and, and consideration of it. Um, I, I have a friend that I went to high school with who, um, he's a, my financial advisor. He's been taking care of my. My, my accounts for, for quite a while, a mm-hmm. number of years. And he's well, he's very well trusted. He's in Colorado. My wife trusts him, which is fantastic for someone that's controlling your monies.
0: Absolutely. And,
1: um, and so he came to town when I was in the middle of this kind of evaluation and, uh, he stayed with us, him and his wife did and his son for a day or two. And with his kind of financial eye, we sat down and talked with my wife and, um, came up with a way that we would fund the startup of the business. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and she just felt very secure after, after that time, especially because of him and his influence and his position and the plans that I had been laying down since then, Mm -hmm. since, since I started having this interest. And so, those things made my wife feel like, okay, this is maybe something that we could actually do. We're not selling the house and living on a sailboat or something crazy well, like that. Well, I'll tell you what, <laughs> there, there was there was certainly that realization it could happen. Um, and I, I'll tell you this, and this comes from a, a spiritual standpoint. My wife and I prayed at some point, yeah, and and we did that, you know, uh, together as well as independently, and woke up the next morning and we looked at each other. And we both together realized that this was okay. This was something we could do. There was peace, and that if we made this decision, we, that that it was right. What did you ask God in that prayer? Like, what were you saying? We want to do this. Can you confirm that that's okay? Or yeah, pretty much. That's what that's what it was. It's like you know, we're we think that this seems right for us, and we're just seeking that confirmation that 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 it's okay. And and my wife will she'll tell the story that it's not like she felt. Like, this means we're going to be successful. Right. It just meant that the Lord was behind us. There would be lessons we could gain and things that could happen that irregardless of the measurement of success, it was, it was right. It was the right thing to do for us at that time. Yeah. When we had that, it was a hundred percent at that point. That next day, it was. You pushed all your chips in. Yeah. And you were like, pull the strings,
0: drop the lever, Everything. whatever it yeah. is, we're out of here. We're doing this.
1: It was, it was a great experience to, to go through and actually. To fall back on. Yeah. Because a couple years into it, I was uncertain. I was like, and I, I always knew I could go back into pharma. I always felt like I could go back into pharma, but, um, but I didn't want to, obviously. Right. And and so, um, so anyway, there was a point (laughs) it was, it was a year and a half into this. And I had a, you know, I had a 20 caregivers, 25 caregivers, and maybe I had 30 or so. And, and, and we were providing care for about 40 people. And, um, I had one person in my office and I, and, and her and I were doing everything and, and managing the schedule. And, um, and I still wasn't making enough money. You know, my, at this point I have three kids in college. <laughs> I, I've, I mean, You're hemorrhaging money, <laughs> Yeah, it's daughters just, are getting married, <laughs> right? There's, it was not a perfect timing, but, um, but I, but I felt like it was right. And I was glad, I, you know, that I, that I did it all. But, uh, but there was a point where I, you know, it, it was over a year and we're not replacing the income I walked away from and our budget as a family, you know, it was a hundred thousand dollar a year budget. It just, there's no way we could cut it less. It's yeah. just what it was. Yeah. And, um, at least that, you know, and, and so, uh, so anyway, I remember a point where, where I went to my wife it's about a year and a half, two years in, and I'm going, and I, and I tell her, like, I'm not sure if I need to get a job, like a secondary job, just so we have income. Right. Because the business is growing. It's just growing slow. Right. We'll but get it, there. It, it, it's just yeah, going to take, it, take some time. It's going to take some time. And I just really feel a lot of stress. I'm not sleeping at night, and, and this is difficult. And, um, and she goes, Andy, after we prayed, I knew that it was going to be all right. And so if we have to sell the house and move into an apartment, I'm totally fine with it. I know we're doing what we should be doing. Oh my gosh. She said that. And when she said that, I'm like, I know I can do this. I know that it's all going to work out and I don't have to be as stressed as I was. And literally, I, there was a lot of sleepless nights. And um, <laughs> You must have been blown away at that response.
0: It was fantastic. It's what I needed to hear. Oh man. Yeah. She's like, no, no. He told us that this was going to be okay. Yeah. He never said it'd be easy, but he said, this is, this is okay. You're going you're gonna to work out. That
1: is fantastic, and I can almost mark it to that day, that conversation, and her response. That that it just things start flowing better. And with any business, especially a business that requires referrals, requires, you know, it's not like I can just blast out um, radio and TV ads and expect that I'm going to hit people. It'll be a waste of money. Yeah. Um, When the there's a a real direct kind of referral source I can go to, Um, but. That referral source has to build a level of trust. They have to see you. They have, you have to be there frequently enough and for a, a period of time. And There's consistency associated right. with, with that referral wagon. Yeah, that makes yep. total sense. So, so you know, a year and a half into it, all of a sudden referrals are starting to flow now. And, and, and we haven't looked back. I mean, it's just, it just grows. This year we're going to be, you know, it's COVID year. We'll have the biggest year we've ever had. And it's, it just, it, it just keeps, keeps growing. How many employees are you up to now? We're at hundred employees. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and I say hundred because it fluctuates a little bit here and there and we're yeah. all, we're, we're hiring all the time. Yeah. It's just trying to get them trained, try to get, get the right people. And we, uh, you know, our majority of our employees are caregivers. Right. Certified nurse assistants. Yeah, absolutely. So absolutely. We've got five people in the office and then the rest is that the is, care providers.
0: It's just, it's just a, a, not only an amazing story, but a really inspiring story because I sometimes talk to business owners who, you know, they, they really gloss over that part of the journey, you know, and where it was like, I mean, I remember, I remember my first commission sales job. Um, and I was, I don't know, I was a month or two into it and I had left a good job, a salaried position and a car and a phone. And, you know, they, they, they really to take, took good care of me. And I was doing this job and and I remember the day, the day that it almost broke me. I woke up that morning. I went out to the, the curb. My car had a flat tire. I didn't mm. have the right tools to replace the tire. We were living in my mom's basement at the time because we were transitioning into, you know, our our house because we've moved. And uh, so I had to take the minivan to work that day and leave my wife and our three little kids, you know, without a car. Mm. And, uh, and I was just getting my head kicked in all day long. And I remember, and then, oh. And the culmination of that was I was sitting at a a, a stoplight, a traffic light, and the transmission in the van went out. And wow. I pulled over and I bawled. I was yeah. just bawling because I was yeah. like, you know, I I thought I was ready for this. I thought I knew what was going on. I I felt the confirmation. I prayed about it. Annie and I had prayed about it. And and I just I just got hit in the head with a sledgehammer. You know. Wow. And 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 like you said, that was the day. That was the day that it took off. It was almost like I had to totally invest without looking back in this thing, you know, to believe it would work out. And from that day forth, it was a steady uphill climb. Not that there weren't hard days, but uh, but but it's it's. I love that part of your story, that you you had come to this point where you were like, okay, well, maybe it's time to go a different way. Because as the father and provider in my home. You know, I feel this very solemn responsibility to, to take care of, you know, this family and,
1: and your, and your wife came through. <laughs> oh, I think that, um, <laughs> I think there's a valley of despair. That's a part of the success cycle. Yeah. And I, and that's not something I made up. I don't want to claim that that's yeah. my, my stuff. I, I, I read that and been in a presentation and possibly that someone highlighted that. So nonetheless, that there is just. You know, when you start out on something, you're excited. Everything's great, you know. And and uh, it's funny because you talk about commission sales and you talk about these these sales types careers where you have to get like uber excited and and amped up to go out and and, and face the battles yeah. daily. And, and so a company has to provide that, mm-hmm. um, or you got to figure out to get how to get it yourself. And and, and so there is you know, there's drive because you have all this optimism about how it's going to work out and how it's going to look and it's going to be great. And, um, and it, and and it helps you when you start facing the roadblocks that you're going to face, they're going to hit you. And then, um, but you're going to start to wane, you know, you you can't run into a a brick wall so many times and (laughs) not, not get through it. And so, uh, and and so then there there's going to eventually be a, well, maybe this really isn't what I'm supposed to be doing. Maybe right. this, you know, there's that all these doubts. doubts just and, started. And This is harder than I thought. Yeah. And uh, wow, I don't know if I want to continue to do this. And th- so there, there's a valley of despair. Um, but if you persevere, which I think every, every, you know, great accomplishment in life requires some of this, that you persevere through that and you will get to the other side. And um, and then it's it's all and more than what you thought as far as how it was going to be. And, yeah, and, um, and that's just a wonderful, and, and, you know, I'll say that it's weird cause we're in this society now where people are considering socialism and the government should be your employer and the government should be everything to you. And, yeah. and supposedly it's, you know, it's, it's, it's something that America thinks is good, I guess, uh, or enough people do. And I just look at that, and I go. And then you you hear what the government well, not, not always the government, but but those that support big government will, um, they'll look at someone as a business owner and say, "You're getting rich off the backs of the of the little guy." Right. You know, we got to come in and save and correct that. And and um, and I think there's an area of caution that we need to have because that's an easy thing to swallow. That's an easy thing to point at. Like Walmart, that's Uber capitalism. And, it, and it's just no one, you know, the wall, the Walton family shouldn't make as much money as they do and yeah. whatever, point the finger at that. And, and, um, there are things that, um, that a business owner has to do and go through to get to that other side. And, and so many of them never do. And that's why so many people never attempt. Yeah. And um and, and so you know, it, it's easy to just look at that and say, well, you're just getting rich off of, you know, people doing a bunch of work for you, but you don't they don't understand. I I had a job offer from Pharma a year in a year and a half into this when I'm just going, is this ever gonna work? Like I'm not making money. Right. And um and is this going to work? And I had a, I had an old manager who called me up and he said, Andy, how's the business? And, and, uh, we talked about it and he goes, Andy, I don't want to hire somebody in Spokane. I want to hire you. Even if it's half, even if, even if I know that if you only gave me half of your effort and you continue to work on the business, that is what I would want rather than going with somebody I don't even know in Spokane to launch this drug. And so they flew me out to Chicago and I spent a couple of days there, went through oh, the interview wow. process. And oh, wow! this is why I'm running the business and all the questions, you know, even the human resources interviews me and they, they're like, how are you going to run a business and fulfill this job? And I'm like, I'm committed to this and I've got good people in my office and yeah. I, you know, I can, and, and my manager's on the side just saying, Andy, I'm not going to ask you to give, uh, you know, it's a full-time career, right? It's a full-time job, but cause I'm not, I'm not expecting you to give full-time yeah. service to this. He's not telling HR that, but <laughs> right. Um, but, uh, <laughs> But th- there was a job offer that came, and luckily, <laughs> I mean, that's where I was at, though. Luckily, the drug never got approved. <laughs> it's kind of funny.
0: But, but it, it, this was before your your experience with your wife. Yeah. So you had gone yeah.
1: through this. And-, and I thought, this might be a solution. And they're dangling a bag of cash in front it, of you. He just said, I want you, Andy, and I'll take you half time. Yeah. I mean, they, they sent the whole package as far as the offer with the salary and um, pick out my car, pick out your car. And, and it was... It, it was all going to go down. And, and actually I'll just say, luckily the drug never got launched because I don't know how that would have worked out. I mean, it would just distracted, it just delayed yeah. the business from doing what it needed to do. Yeah. Yeah. It would have distracted and delayed me from it, but yeah. it would have solved this incredible pressure that I had to provide for my family that it was, um, not working, not working out at that point.
0: That's a, that's a great twist in the story. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're 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 feeling the pinch because you've been doing this thing for a while. You're feeling a little bit cash strapped, and uh, and here comes here comes the guy with the bag saying, "Hey, here's your exit strategy, or here's a way to solve this short-term problem. You know, this yeah. cash flow pl- cash flow problem." And uh, but you didn't decide not to take it. The drug never got approved, and so the <laughs> yeah, job didn't exactly. actually happen.
1: I, As I was sitting there thinking, I'm gonna. I'm going to do this part-time, like him and I were agreeing upon. And, and, uh, and I knew, I mean, I knew the call points and I knew that I already had relationships in these offices and I kind of like, I I know how to do this. But the, I mean, telling the story
0: now, looking back, what, seven years on this deal. I mean, you're,
1: you're screaming at yourself, you know, the seven years ago self going, don't do it. Don't do it. Oh, my, my Pam did not want me to do it. My wife did not. She's (laughs) like, no, no, you just got to hold the course. You got to keep doing this. And, and I'm just like, honey, I can't sleep at night because I don't know how we're gonna, you know, come up with enough enough income to survive. Yeah,
0: but so. she kept; she was just firm. She, she, was was like, she, she was like, no, no,
1: you you keep doing this. You keep. She's t- gonna let me do what I want to do. And, of course, and of course. so like she knew I was going to Chicago when I was gonna interview for this. But her unrelenting faith in your success
0: running this this in home care facility was a huge, you know, part of
1: your your getting through the other side on this deal. Yeah. So I mean, I mean that's. I was tempted, obviously, you know, I, yeah. I'm like, if I just, if I always would say this at, at the start of opening this business for the first two to two to three years, we were profitable if we just took what my income needs were out of it. Right. You know, and, and, and there's a, I don't know, I, I, I don't have an MBA. I don't, I didn't sign up with a franchise to tell me all the details of how to run a business. I kind of just jumped into this and, and, um, I, I knew how to market. I knew how to get the word out and I figured I'd, I would learn how to do the bookkeeping and payroll and just on and on. I just learned how to do all these things, um, as they came and, and I did. Yeah. Um, but there, there was, there were things like running the business at a loss, you know, killed me like that's, that's failure. Right. But really it's not that big of a deal, but I didn't know that. I just thought that's failure. Yeah uh, if we run it at a loss and the right. first year we're at a loss, second year we're at a loss, but then you hear, well, Amazon ran at a loss for a number of years, yep. you know? And, and, uh, and, and, but those things bothered me. Like they really like, I'm like, well, there's going to be this, this report card of this business at a <laughs> loss that I'll never get away from, you know? And I, I just felt like, wow, I'm failing, you know, that that's kind of That's the psyche that I was experiencing. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, I was the president of the student healthcare board in
0: in college. (laughs) And now I have a business that is in the red year over year. Yep. So by the third year, were you in the black? Yep. That was your, that that was your black. That's amazing. Yep. That man, I love your story. See, (laughs) like I told you, this is why, this is why you're one of my heroes. And there's a lot of details that I've never heard, obviously, about your story uh, that you've shared but that, that unrelenting faith in you know that experience and then that, you know, what do you call that, the low cycle? Is that what you valley call it? The valley of despair. The valley of despair, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, where did that come from? Is that a book you read? or No, a there's a, there's a, a presentation <clears throat> that I,
1: I was in a business meeting and somebody brought it up about the cycle of success. Mm-hmm. And I looked at it, and I'm like, dang, I can just, I can chart the, the year <laughs> and the month and everything along this <laughs> cycle of success. This is and, my life, this is how it worked. <laughs> exactly. But I look back and it's, it applies to a lot of things in our life, you know, yeah. that that, especially the things that are meaningful and require a lot of us, yeah. that, that it's just not going to be glorious. And, and today, you know, people see me, my friends, and they're just thinking, oh, you're, you get to play golf every week or the week and yeah. you got this great life, you know, or whatever. And, um, and it's, it's so much nicer now, even though I still have pressures and challenges and all that um not to worry about how i'm going to provide for my home yeah um to be at that point is is so rewarding and then beyond that you start to realize the independence you have the um the ability to take care of other people like um uh, i had an employee who she's a caregiver we love her she's a she's a heavy lifter just works a lot for us and willing to to pick up shifts and, and solve problems for us. And she came in to uh, resign last week. (laughs) And, um, and because she wanted to go to a facility Mm -hmm. and our caregivers, it's, it's a, it's, it's tough because um, there, if you're in the caregiving world, you will have a job the rest of your life. Anywhere on any street in USA because there's not enough of them. Yep. Everybody that's doing in-home care is hiring all the time like you are. All him. And same thing with assisted living facilities and nursing homes and hospitals and and everybody that needs that worker has a shingle up for, uh, for hire. Yeah. And so, so she sees a job that's above what she's doing now because it'd be a scheduling position at a facility and it comes with different benefits and 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 things and and she's just like, I want to do that. Plus the, the schedule is going to be nicer, compact, right. you know, yeah, beautiful Monday through Friday schedule. Yeah. Well, no, we don't want to lose this this individual. And um, and so I sat down with her and and we had a tearful conversation and and she you know she she had some challenges financially in her world and different things going on. Um and uh and I could I just created a position for her that I knew was going to keep her with us in our office. And so she started on Friday. Her, her issues were last Wednesday. We, we started on Friday in a new position. She she still had a lot of hours to cover in the, for the clients that she saw. And now she's doing full time in our office. And so today is the second day, right? It's Tuesday or third day, I guess of her, of her position, new position. Yeah. And the whole office has just brightened because she's just wonderful to work with. And, um, and, the ability to just give her a significant raise, to give her a position that fulfilled her that she wanted, that she was going to find somewhere else, and then also to throw some extra things in there to help her with some other stuff that was going on, it's just that's part of the fulfillment of what I can do that I wasn't able to do in my other
0: Did you position. know prior to her coming and talking to you that this was her internal
1: struggle? Did you mm-hmm. know? I had no idea. In fact, I i wouldn't even have seen her, but she, you because know, she just talks with the care coordinators that she works with and they came in and go Andy she wants to leave you know tells me who it is and And you're totally blown away I'm like what we can't lose her she's she's fantastic she's been employee the month more than once (laughs) and uh so I'm I so I call her up I say and she would already left the office you know put in her two-week notice yeah and so I call her up and say hey let's let's get together and meet and come back to my office so she did and and she didn't want. She didn't even want to tell the other position that, that she would said yes to. That she 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 was she was perplexed on. Well, I can't really tell them no, you know. So we had to discuss a lot of her problems and challenges to get her to see that she's gonna be better off being here, and we'll take care of her. And so, yeah. but uh, the point I'm making in that story, even though it's just very current, it, and it's happens. It's happened many times. I two week two months ago, I had a uh, an. Uh, employee that had a car issue and she just couldn't afford to get her car fixed. And so I just told her that I'm going to put a thousand dollars in your, in your next paycheck. If you will get that car fixed, Yeah, you know, but those kinds of things <clears throat> that, um, that I want to be able to do yeah. that really are fulfilling Yeah. beyond the, the great care that we provide. Yeah. And, and that's really the most fulfilling is to sit down with the family. I sat down with a family up in Chatteroy yesterday that, a husband and a wife where they um, got to always be careful. Like I should probably just have said Chatteroy. <laughs> it's <not> like <laughs> giving out too much oh detailed information. You but anyway. To get all the <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, this couple, he's got Parkinson's and he had a fantastic career. I'm not going to tell you what it was because I just don't want to get too much detail involved yeah. here, but he had a, a great career, adventurous. He he did some things in the Peace Corps when he was young and I got to chat with them about all this stuff. And now he can't walk. He's in a wheelchair. He needs someone to help feed him. His wife's been doing this all the time. He's young. Mm. He's like 67. He's young and and, and he's, and he's just, their hopes and dreams that they had were kind of taken from them. Well, anyway, she is burnt out because she's working full time from her home
0: and taking care of him and taking care of
1: him. And, uh, she's working two full time jobs essentially. Yeah. And so, they, they she just needs a break. She needs yeah. help, and he needs companionship. He needs somebody that he can. Yeah. And so, found, I, we've got a great caregiver that lives close to them. Uh, it's a male caregiver. So it's just a perfect setting for him, and uh, and it just was so fulfilling to look at their case and their situation and and say, look at here's here's what we can do, and let's let's see how this helps you out. I
0: I love I love this part of your story because, you know, I think I think sometimes we we're so focused in on, is this going to work for me? I I keep coming back to this experience with you and your wife praying and asking, you know, for guidance and and feeling the confirmation that it was good for you, which it was and has been and will continue to be. But, but God sees the whole picture, you know, you Mm -hmm. know, what, what you were totally honed in on was how, how am I going to keep my kids in college, how am I going to feed my family, pay my mortgage, whatever else is on the table. And what God saw was, yeah, yeah, Andy, I got all that stuff covered. There's all this other stuff that I need somebody to do. And, and you're the guy that's got to do that because there's a gal whose car is going to break down and I need somebody to fix it because she's got no way to do it. Mm. And, and and I've got all these people that I need you to help. And, uh, and, and so I'd love that that is part of your, your philosophy, you know, in this, you know, kind of answering other people's prayers essentially is is what you're you
1: know is what you're in the business of doing. Well I, I love that you picked that up. Um I can tell you that in our family prayers <laughs> for a good two years the family as a whole was asking Heavenly Father to bless that the business would be successful, that it would grow, that it would do the yeah. things it needed to do. Yeah. And that was just Every single prayer that our family offered didn't matter if it was the youngest child to the oldest. Oh, just pleading. <laughs> Everybody was doing it, and, and I even have my one of my sons who, when we when I pro when I told the family, look, God, I'm going to leave my job and I'm going to open this business, and this is what the business is, and this is what it's going to be called, and this is what we're going to do, but it's going to be different. You know, he just really he was younger. He was my um third child, and. Mm-hmm uh, well, my fourth child, actually <laughs> third boy, how many do you have? I've got five, five. Okay. And, uh, and he took it the hardest. Like he looked at my challenge and, and he didn't take it the hardest because he thought like, well, I'm not going to have new jeans or whatever, right. you know, Christmas I'm not gonna have the gonna money. Be terrible. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to candy cane. <laughs> <laughs> and he just took like, wow, this is going to be hard, hard for dad, hard for the family. So his faithfulness, you could always see in his prayers. Yeah. Every time. And, um, and he's, he's a young adult now. He's 19. And, um, to hear him talk about those days, you know, he's like, yeah, I was, he just took things harder than others. He really was deeper thinking about things. He's yeah. kind of your warrior. Maybe he's a little bit of a warrior. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. But, you know, it was so great to, to, to transition the family and say, look at, you know, we're two years into this. We need to be thanking God now Yeah. because it's been a blessing. Yeah. We need to be thanking him every day. Yeah. And we continue to do that. Yeah. Absolutely. So there is a thing that I, um, I could probably share since we've brought enough faith into this conversation. Please, absolutely. Um, I, I have a blessing, and you know what it's called. It's called a patriarchal blessing. Yeah. And I don't know if I want to take a lot of time to explain what that is, but it's a blessing that tells me that I feel come, came from God to me uh, that gives me some idea of the direction my life can go if I'm faithful and, and, and um. And so, in this blessing, and I have it in print copy, Mm -hmm. um, it says that I will have times where I will be a community influencer leader. I forget exactly how how it it went that way. And that always was a I always wondered that man. Like, am I supposed to get into politics? And I don't really want to do that. Yeah. Um, And I feel that this position with this career and this job, um, has, it's fulfilling that, that blessing that came to me yeah. in, in many ways. And I, yeah. and I, and I, feel that I need to do that. Yeah. And I have served, I've served on boards where I've been, uh, local boards of, of, um, senior centers and, uh, s- other senior related not not for profit groups that do um, great things in our community, mm-hmm. and I've been on boards for like ever since I almost got into business. I've been on boards. Yeah, I'm today. I'm on a board as the vice president of the Washington Association Association of Home Care Agencies. Awesome. Um, and I've served at the state level um, for for a number of years, and and so I know that I'm doing some things that that I feel like the Lord wanted me to be able to do, and and I should be doing, and yeah. and, and and that's part of this career. Yeah. And, and, and you,
0: I always go back to the way we feel. You know, you felt like there was more that you wanted to do, you know, when you were doing pharmaceutical sales. And, you know, for a long time, that was great and fulfilling and, and set the table for, for what the next chapter of your life was going to be. And, and this, just this whole concept that you in your 40s, you were able to take that, shift gears, go a completely different direction, you know, and, and here you are today you know, with, with great fulfillment and, you know, great impact on the community and family and employees. And I mean, this story of you creating a position for an employee who was, you know, talking about leaving is, is such a great example of kind of this whole journey in this service-based business that, you know, that you've chosen to, to run and be in. It's really, it's really awesome. Your story's awesome. Thanks. I appreciate that. (laughs) This is, this has been a really, really good interview. So I want to keep this going because the most important question is this one. You, you you're wearing uh, some smart wool socks. Smart wool makes great socks. Amen. Uh, So, so what's your
1: philosophy here with socks? Well, I like, I like um, athletic socks that give some support. And I like the smart wool because of the time of year that we're in right now. And they Mm -hmm. they add some, some warmth, but I am a, it's funny. I had this career, uh, you know, in the pharma world where I wore a tie and a, and a shirt, you know, a button up (laughs) shirt for years and years and years. And, you know, occasionally when i when i didn't have to worry about managers, I get a little more casual, but since I opened this business, I am completely casual. Uh Like this is the first button. Button shirt like I say, wore. You look a little you know, <laughs> casual today. I, I guess I, you know, I told you you were going to be on camera, so um. this is the first button-down shirt I wore in. In I don't know how long, long time. Um, usually in the wintertime I'll wear a little more button-down type stuff. Sure, but um, but I I as well that 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 change in my dress and and feel for things is probably just age, right? You know, we all want a, a loose belt. We want suspenders so we can let our gut fly out or whatever. Um, but it it applies to my shoes like i i buy the comfortable spikeless golf shoes uh-huh. with memory foam, you know, yep. beds in them and uh and i've totally gone casual and my wife she she, she has a tough time with that <laughs> cuz uh, i just want to be comfortable and so that applies to my socks. Oh yeah. I, I, uh, and there are socks that have meaning for whatever reason, you know, they're given to you by somebody and, Mm -hmm. and, but I, I'm all about comfort these days.
0: Yeah. It's about the comfort. Well, you don't get much more comfortable than smart wool. No doubt about it. They make a great sock. Um, so I wore these today because first of all, they're stance socks. I don't know if you have ever worn a pair of stance socks, but they're one of my, they're one of my favorite brands. They're really durable. They're super comfortable. Um, but I, as I was looking through my sock assortment, I, I got these because they reminded me of my grandma's couch.
1: <laughs> oh, there you go. I get it.
0: I can see it. <laughs> They're kind of a, you know, a green, you know, uh, you know, pattern and, and they kind of have that stripe, you know, like your grandma's old yeah. couch had. And oh, as I was like thinking it. about the seniors, you know, that you take care you of, go. you see a lot of grandma's couches. <laughs> I do. I sit on them, <laughs> sit on them all the time. <laughs> so that's why, that's why I wore the, uh, the green grandma couch socks today. Good for you. Well, Andy, I really, really appreciate you joining me today and doing this interview. Um, I think a lot of people are going to find your story really inspiring. And if you, if you want to look up Andy, uh, the name of his business is Love In Home Senior Care in Spokane, Washington. Um, you can connect with him there or on LinkedIn. Um, and and uh, yeah, that'd be great. Awesome. Really appreciate you coming by. Well, thank you for the time, Kelly. Yeah, this was fun. You I bet. enjoyed it. That wraps up this episode of the Socks and Soul podcast. We sure hope that you enjoyed it. If you uh, have any questions, you can leave them in the comments or connect with us on Facebook. We'll see you next time. The Socks and Soul podcast is a production of Ditto Film Media. If you enjoy this content, be sure to give it a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Join the conversation on Facebook at Socks and Soul podcast.